Donald Trump has been acquitted, no big surprise there. But could there be consequences for Biden if the Republicans still owe an allegiance to the Trump way of doing things? Bond yields on the rise and shares on the rise together. How long will that relationship last? We are now only weeks away from an agreement on the stimulus deal in the United States. Others should follow, says Janet Yellen. But it's a quiet day today because it's President's Day. I wonder how Donald Trump's going to celebrate that. It's Monday, the 15th of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks were rising at the end of the week, half a percent up for the Nasdaq and the S&P 500. In Europe, the Euro stocks 50 was up 0.6 percent, the FTSE getting close to 1 percent up. We had a little more volatility in the U.S. dollar on Friday, but it basically stayed, stayed where it was ultimately on the day uh, on the DXY, but down 0.6 percent over the week. The pound was the big winner on Friday, up a quarter percent. The Aussie was up 0.1 percent, but over the week that was up over 1 percent. Uh, big movements in bonds on Friday, though. That was probably the biggest story. 20-year Treasury yields up five basis points to 1.21%. Remember, we started the year around 0.93%. So now we are at the highest yield since the pandemic began. And that was echoed across Europe on Friday, too, with 10-year gilts up five basis points to 0.52%. Again, the highest since with the start of it all. Uh, the same can't be said for German bunds. They are rising, uh, but they're just slightly less negative now. Certainly got a way to go to get back to where they were. And oil is still rising. Another 2% added to Brent and WTI at the end of the week. WTI not far off $60 a barrel now. Brent went well past that marker uh, last week. So uh, in the US, uh, it continues to be inflation concerns versus the speed of the recovery. And we had news on both towards the end of the week. Here's Tapas Strickland, Director Economics for Markets at NAB in Sydney. So not much. We're not going to get much at all out of the US today, of course, because it's the President's Day holiday and the markets are closed. But look at Friday. 30-year Treasury yields rose 2% uh, for the second time in a couple of weeks. So why this big move on bonds, given we we saw inflation softer than anticipated the day before and we had a slower-than-expected recovery in jobs as well? I guess it all gets back to, doesn't it, the expectations that this stimulus package is going to happen and it's going to happen soon. Good morning, Phil. Yes, it does appear that it's been mainly driven by expectations of fiscal stimulus and some notion that inflation expectations, not only in terms of a market expectation sense, but also in terms of consumer inflation expectations are now starting to lift. And Consumer inflation expectations was one of the missing kind of ingredients for uh, for for the view that inflation would would start to lift from here. Uh, on Friday, we got the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index, and within that, they have two questions on inflation expectations. They have one on the one year ahead inflation expectation, and that rose to a six and a half year high to three point three percent. Now, you would you would have expected that to have risen just given how far oil prices have lifted. As you're noting, uh, on Friday, oil prices lifted by another 2%. Uh, and at the same time, in the Midwest of the US, you're seeing a lot of pressure on gas prices at, at the moment, and it's very cold weather uh, in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. So I think part of the moves in that one-year inflation expectation does reflect those temporary components, but it does suggest that we should put uh, a little bit more focus on those inflation expectations coming out of that survey in coming months ahead. And uh, when you do look at the move in bonds, around half the move in that uh, about five basis point move in US 10-year treasuries happened after the University Consumer Sentiment Index. Right. But if we look at the reading itself for consumer sentiment, not the inflation reading, but just sentiment generally, a six-month low 
uh, it came in at. But this was largely, and it, it's to do with the time of the survey, obviously, it was largely driven along political lines. So the Democrat supporters are more optimistic, but we had a big fall from Republican supporters. And this was happening about the time that we had the transition of power uh, in the US. So uh, hence, the Republicans have pulled it down a bit. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. So um, in most of the US surveys, there's a clear uh, partisan bias, and uh, they have underperformed a little bit, including in the NFIB survey. But it's also hoped that uh, since uh, the impeachment uh, hearings are now out of the way in the US, and for everyone who's, who's on the call, uh, Trump was acquitted on mostly partisan lines there. Uh, it's hoped that most of the focus will return to uh, negotiations around that $1.9 trillion stimulus package. And it's really that bit of it that's really driving markets at the moment. And on Friday, a lot of the subcommittees uh, that are working on different components of the bill finished their work. And House Speaker Pelosi uh, does uh, said on Friday that she expects the House to pass the bill before the end of February. And then it'll go th- uh, through the Senate uh, as part of that budget reconciliation process. And it could be approved by uh, early to mid-March. Right. And it does look like, doesn't it, that it's going to be the higher end of the expectations. It might not be $1.9 trillion, but it's not going to be $600 billion, which was sort of like the lower end. End that's been discussed is more likely, if anything, going to be around the $1.5 trillion mark, which is still a lot of new money, isn't it, to throw into the economy? Uh, definitely. And it does look like the market consensus has lifted in terms of exactly what will be passed. A lot of people at the beginning thought they would, they would want a bipartisan consensus and has shifted down the kind of estimate that they would think would pass through Congress. Uh, but going through budget reconciliation suggests a number closer to that $1.9 trillion figure. And notably, there hasn't been much of a pushback, at least publicly, um, among amongst those moderate Republicans such as Manchin. Um, so we'll be looking quite closely what they say uh, in the next week or two. Uh, but it does look like that stimulus uh, amount could be closer to that $1.9 trillion envelope. So I wonder whether we can read much into that uh, acquittal over the weekend for Donald Trump. I mean, it was not at all unexpected, but it does show, doesn't it, that so many Republicans are concerned about uh, the way their voters think, which is a great thing. But it also shows that many of their voters are still aligned to the Trump way of doing things. And so the Republicans have to have to follow that line. Now, it's easy when it comes to the stimulus package because uh, everyone's in favour of that. Donald Trump wanted to go big just like Janet Yellen does. But on other things, I wonder if it's going to make it harder for Biden to win approval for reforms which are going to go against the Trump way of doing things because the Republicans are going to fight hard uh, against them. Yes, uh, and and that makes uh, the very marginal um, effective majority very important in terms of what uh, Biden can do. and it also is important in the sense that the midterms uh, are coming up in 2022. Um, so it's quite conceivable uh, that what Biden can do uh, is probably running towards uh, a, a year. And then they really have to get back into campaign campaign mode for those midterms. And uh, if enough of a Republican wave sweeps through Congress, then that could uh, stymie a lot of the progress uh, of a Biden presidency. And getting lots of jabs in arms is obviously going to help as well. Joe Biden is now saying he's expecting to inoculate 300 million Americans by the end of summer. Well, not him himself. Obviously, he's going to get people to help him do that. Uh, But he's up the order with Pfizer as well. So there's a lot more, more than enough to go around. So obviously, that is going to help his popularity, just as it's sort of been the saving grace, really, for Boris in the UK. Oh, definitely. And uh, just worth noting as well, uh, a lot of the vaccine rollouts uh, in Asia will be occurring from about mid to late February as well. So that should improve 
improve the outlook. Uh, Japan just recently gave approval for the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine, and they're due to start their vaccination program next week. Uh, Australia gave approval for that recently and is due to start its vaccination program also next week, and uh, the same as South Korea. So you're starting to see, at least in the advanced countries, uh, all those vaccine rollouts occurring, and that is buoying the kind of uh, short-term outlook uh, could be more more positive, uh, but we'll just have to wait exactly and see. Uh, all the kind of indicators that we're seeing is that new virus cases are trending lower. Um, the number of new deaths are also trending lower as well. So it does suggest that there is evidence that the vaccines are, are working and markets continue to look quite closely at the experience of Israel. So this is quite unusual, isn't it, to be in this situation where we've got bond yields and equities rising at the same time. So how unusual is that? And uh, which one is going to turn first? Mm. Uh, tra- tra- traditionally, it has been unusual, but they have moved, That they have co-moved a lot and you have to really think about where we are in terms of the cycle and looking at previous cycles particularly around equities is that uh, equities have a bit of a consolidation correction mode about 10 months after the trough in equity so we're coming up to that point in about april and so there's a few out there within the market uh suggesting maybe with that trend does continue maybe we do get some kind of consolidation within the equity market and part of the reason why that consolidation occurs is because uh, yields start to rise as people start to price in uh, both a better growth outlook and as people start to uh, lift their expectations of inflation as well so if yields do rise sufficiently then it's likely you do see some kind of correction in the equity market and that correction also would see some kind of consolidation in the move in yields as well yeah well and equities of course also helped by uh, strong earnings results we've seen a lot of those out of the united states the latest of those at the end of last week was disney now disney that they launched their new disney plus service in november last year they were ex- expecting to get between 60 and 90 million subscribers by 2024 they've come back now and said well actually we've already got 95 million subscribers uh, so they have revamped their forecast uh, for 2024 up to 260 million quarter quarter of a billion subscribers is what they're expecting it shows you can make a lot of money if you focus on a sedentary lifestyle doesn't it so uh, the answer is of course what's going to happen to shares in the uk because we've got a lot of companies uh, here doing well as well and a number of earnings updates for australia this week we've got the banks we've got coles fortescue cochlear bhp so it's going to be a busy week for the aussie share market Oh, yeah, it's definitely. And uh, I think a lot of people will be looking quite closely at the outlooks for uh, Fortescue and uh, the rest of the iron ore miners as well, uh, just given uh, the strength in the iron ore price. And some notions that conditions in the Chinese economy at the moment are a little bit mixed. You did see those uh, weaker than expected manufacturing uh, PMIs, but you did see uh, the credit numbers quite strong as, as well there. And the pound gained some ground on Friday. That really was, wasn't it, because of the uh, UK GDP number for Q4, which rose by 1%. So not a complete disaster for the UK economy, just almost a complete disaster. Uh, but they are getting the reproduction rate of the virus down as well. That's below one now. So it's it's not growing. Uh, so what happens after lockdown is the big question, but generally good news for the UK. Talking about lockdowns, uh, we've got them in Victoria and in New Zealand. Hopefully they are just short-term affairs. But a reminder, you know, that life might take a while to return to, to normal. But markets are taking this in their stride, aren't they? Uh, at, at the moment, yes. Um, so what we do know from the experience we've seen is lockdowns do work. Uh, and I guess the key question is how long do those lockdowns uh, need to be? Uh, the recent experience in Australia, at least, uh, with Brisbane and Perth, is that a very short, sharp lockdown uh, can uh, really cut community 
trans- transmission. Uh, and encouragingly, the virus numbers out of Victoria over the past couple of days have been very, very low. I think they recorded one case on Saturday and two cases on Sunday. Uh, so it does suggest that community transmission is, is under control there. Uh, I wouldn't want to second guess exactly uh, whether uh, that lockdown will go longer than the five-day period, but it's very encouraging that there hasn't been really an acceleration in community transmission there. Yeah, well, it's the tracking and tracing, isn't it, that Australia is doing so well that other parts of the world are struggling with because the horse has already bolted in so many other parts of the world. So we're able to contain it in in Australia. So that's the good news. Look, a quiet day-to-day New Zealand Performance of Services Index. We get Japan's preliminary GDP for Q4. Of course, they had a big bounce back in Q3. And industrial production for the euro area for, for December. Do you want to say anything about those before we go today? Uh, just uh, in regards to uh, Japan, uh, the consensus does see uh, 2.4% Q&Q rise. And we had been discussion, uh, discussing earlier about uh, a little bit of softness in the survey indicators in, in Japan uh, based on um, just what's going on in terms of the virus. Uh, but with the vaccine rollout starting to occur next week, uh, I would expect to see a little bit more um, optimism to come back into Japan. Now we get the FOMC minutes t- uh, this week. Also, US retail sales, Aussie employment data, they're the big numbers to look out for, but that's all later in the week. We've got plenty of time to talk about that, so we will leave it there for now. You can go. Thank you. See you soon, Tafas. Uh, cheers. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. That's how we kick off the week on the morning call for NAB. I'm Phil Dobby, back on Tuesday morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Listener.